The crow flies backwards. Arthur Wells's, what does it mean? Barry Margid, a Zen teacher in the lineage of Joko Beck, lost his wife Debbie in a plane crash. When people persisted in asking, what does Debbie's death mean? He replies, what is the meaning of the ocean? What is the meaning of the sky? Ultimately, what will your own death mean? Uh, Barry Magid, a, a psychoanalyst and Zen teacher whose life and work has been on the forefront of the movement to integrate Western psychology with Eastern spiritual practices. He teaches at the Ordinary Minds Endo in New York City. He's a successor of uh, Charlotte Joko Beck and was also did training with uh, Ada Shimano, um, Tetsugan Bernard Glassman and um, and with Joko Beck uh, and his successor of hers. Uh, Arthur Wells uh, is a successor of mine. He teaches Zen in Christchurch, uh, New Zealand. Um, is a man who exemplifies the way um, most beautifully, uh, most graciously, and is a really, really fine teacher. So, students persisted in asking uh, Barry Magid, uh, what does Debbie's death mean? Her life was cut short, why was that? What's that about? Why would anyone ask a question like that? Perhaps there's something about dying young, about being cut off untimely. The defeated expectations, the grief of loss, but also the grief for a, a life perhaps unfulfilled uh, that brings on that kind of question. Now, what does it mean? There can be a, a religious dimension to such a question too. the kind of transcendent positions that might say, did she die so young because of past karma? Um, or because heaven needed her? Uh, these are transcendent perspectives. And we're not concerned with uh, those here, at least not in that form. There's um, a story of the Enlightenment philosopher David Hume. Uh, uh, Hume himself was probably uh, an atheist, but he disliked the rant of the Atheist Club in Paris when he lived there, to which he would go from time to time. Many years later, when Hume was dying and his friends were gathered, um, James Boswell, who was Samuel Johnson's great biographer, asked him on his deathbed, What chance of an afterlife, David? Hume replied, The same chance that that piece of coal won't ignite if you place it on the fire. 
This is a beautiful response and very much in the spirit of Zen. I love the delicacy of his scepticism uh, here, uh, which conveys just the possibility of an opposite, of an opposing position. Uh, this is exemplary uh, when you are passionate about your view, uh, whether it be about afterlife or this life or this moment. Mm. Always encoding just a whiff of the opposite uh, within it. Drive hard enough into your views and the opposite appears. If not in you, in your friends and those who know you. In terms of Zen, uh, whatever is hereafter is now. It's the reverse true. <laughs> whatever is now is hereafter. Hmm. In response to his student's question, what does Debbie's death mean? Uh, Barry Magid, the teacher, asks, uh, what is the meaning of the sky? What is the meaning of the ocean? What is the meaning of this here right now? What's the meaning of this? Hmm. The wind, the creaky floor. Our companions sitting nearby. You know, in terms of lives cut short, of things that are incomplete, which is kind of foundation to this little story, um, Harada Roshi, he was being asked about uh, progress in Zen. Like, you know, you come into the practice and uh, you learn to count your breath and then after some time perhaps to work on a khan or to work on shikantaza or silent illumination or another practice. Um, so there is a kind of, we can talk about a progress in the way. Um, so he was asked about this. Uh, I think his that's right, and uh, I'm sorry, I've, there's the, I've mixed up the two kinds. There's uh, the uh, response goes, everything is, each step is equal in substance. So arriving at the zendo, uh, taking your seat, taking up your khan, each is equal in substance. Each is vast and includes the whole. And Harada Roshi's way of expressing this, he would hold up the, his kotsu and he'd say, this is golden. This is golden. This is golden. This is golden. Hmm. Yeah. No matter how you cut it, uh, he says, it's golden. It includes the whole. It includes the vastness. Whole kotsu, 
end of katsu, this little bit of katsu. So if we're going to talk about the meaning of our death, we should probably talk about the meaning of life um, first. Uh, death doesn't make sense without life, surely. So what is the meaning of the story of me? Um, what we call the story of me, or the story of my life, is made up of fleeting experiences and memories. Uh, we connect the dots, which is to say we connect up the instance of our experience and isolated memories and make up our narrative. Thus, with some radical editing, we can cop the story of me, the story of my life. We spend a lot of time polishing this story, the story of me, bringing out the highlights and suppressing the painful bits, or dwelling on the painful humiliations and defending our right to feel aggrieved. But really, we have nothing to defend. Mary Ridwin says, we are always trying to fix the me that isn't there. No wonder we feel vulnerable and go on polishing our stories about ourselves, assembling the case for the defence and giving meaning to shadows. Without our stories, who are we? The overwhelming karmic fact of life is that we are born at all and that we are born into this universe that is some 13.8 billion years old on this strange and beautiful planet which we humans are busy despoiling. How strange, how miraculous. Our karma is intensely bound up in whether we are born, for instance, male or female, our genetic inheritance is also important too. And on a vaster scale, going all the way back to the single-celled amoeba, our evolutionary inheritance is immensely important. Obviously the culture into which we are born and the country in which we are raised have karmic outcomes for us. We inhabit the reality of our inherited situation uh, especially our biological and cultural inheritance, whether we like it or not. We don't have to deserve our life, it is freely given. Our life unfolds beyond being deserved or not being deserved. Our heart beats, our blood circulates whether we deserve it or not. Whatever opinions about it, We grow up and mature regardless, we get a heart broken regardless, and we die regardless of whether we deserve it or not.
question about is your life meaningful or what is the meaning of your life is deeply tied to the story that we have about ourselves and who we are. The more deeply we realise the vastness of no self, the less important questions of meaning and meaningfulness become. In a way, those questions about what is the meaning of my life, What's it, what is it really, uh, tend to be like drops of water on the stove. They tend to boil off with deepening practice. Although aspects of ourselves which are part of the larger karmic formations in which we are born are very important. In terms of Zen, we focus now, this moment. This moment is mysterious, arising from unknown depths. We don't know in advance what it will be, and it doesn't come marked as past, present, or future. Where are the signs on the moment indicating whether it is past, present, or future? This moment won't come again. Moreover, we don't know what the next moment will be. When we are remembering, our remembering unfolds now, not in the past, as we imagine. When we are planning, our planning unfolds now, not in the future, as we tend to assume. Our whole life is gathered as this, here, right now. In the midst of this fleeting, timeless moment, who are you? Or when you see into that, who you are goes on beyond meaning or no meaning. Zen is great. Uh, there's an old um, Khan from the Women Kwan. Um, which goes, it's you and men's. The world is vast and wide. Why, at the sound of the bell, do you put on your seven-piece robe? Very simple. Why, when you get up in the morning, do you sit zazen? After that, why do you make a cup of coffee? And, uh, this is... Ekinoshi uh, uses this wonderful expression, the why disappears into the fact itself. Why do you make coffee? Just that making coffee. Nothing left over. The why boils off with the coffee, so to speak. The why is completely embodied as making coffee. So many questions, why and what. Uh, the why resolves into the fact itself. The what resolves into the very fact itself. Meaningfulness 
dissolves into the very fact itself. What is the deep meaning of my life? Okay. Just your life in its unfolding. Uh, as you step out the door and you put your foot on the pavement, that. Meaning, if we can give any meaning to that, exists only at risk. Our lives have a tragic dimension. This is far beyond uh, those positions that say, well, get relaxed and your life will get better and do a weekend workshop and it will be okay and all of this. Um, if you're having a life, it has to include uh, more uh, than that kind of fix it view and I, I think that Arthur when he shaped this into a koan and Arthur's developing this book called um, Koans to Embody which is like The Crow Flies Backwards um, a collection of koans uh, which he's writing commentaries on so he graciously gave me one of the koans from this book, several actually um, but I think it was conditioned by the fact that His daughter is married to a man called Paul Gard, and uh, in 2014, uh, Arthur and I were in correspondence because we have our birthdays on the 17th and 18th of July. And uh, his uh, birthday is one day ahead of mine, but he's a year older uh, than me. So we always exchange birthday greetings. So I got Arthur's birthday greeting on the on the 17th, and he wished me a happy birthday and um, in the way that we ordinarily do across the Tasman. And he's just talked about this terrible tragedy that had been fallen, his son, um, his daughter, Jessie, and uh, her husband, Paul Gard, because on the 17th of July, um, Paul's parents were flying back from Amsterdam um, to KL and the plane was shot down over eastern Ukraine and there were 283 people killed and they were both killed in that yeah, in that instant and surely uh, in those situations we ask that kind of question what does this mean? Uh, and Roger uh, Gard and Jill Gard, uh, Paul's parents, uh, uh, Roger worked at the Pathology Queensland Laboratory. Um, Jill Gard was retired from working as a GP. Uh, he'd taken time out of his job to fly to Amsterdam uh, where there was a, um, an international conference 
they had a holiday in Europe and then there was a medical conference in Amsterdam. So they live exemplary lives. And uh, the shock of this was huge, have four children. And um, I think that anguish questioning is understandable. It's a, Paul, who's Jesse's husband, um, you know, in the worst of times after his parents' death, was active with radio interviews, and he gave his views on what needs to happen in terms of international peacemaking, and he has written published tributes to his parents, um, and he says now that he needs to stop and devote himself to to healing uh, his own uh, grief and pain. So none of us is shielded from this at all. And I think any account of meaning or meaningfulness in this life has to include that tragic dimension. I think any meaning that we talk about exists only at risk. There are no absolutes in terms of how our lives unfold. In a way, our lives belong to us, um, or do they? There are so many participants who have a stake in our lives that our ownership may not be clear after all. Well, if not my life, then whose, you might ask? Yet though our lives are personal, they are also in common and fundamentally not really owned at all. Well, we say, it's my life and I'll do what I want. But sometimes when we do what I want, we want the effect on family and those around us are incalculable. What we do with our lives really matters. The Dharma is the law of the universe, a law that may be expressed simply as one thing depends upon another. I am because you are you are because I am. Uh, this is an entirely mutual matter. We're codependent in the best and deepest sense of the word. Each one of us is like this in relation to others and indeed to the world. When we realise that the other is no other than ourselves, our pain is carried differently, if we can speak of it being carried at all. And the why disappears into the fact itself. What does it mean becomes the fact itself. An endless life would likely be a meaningless one. In some sense, the fact that we will die gives meaning to our lives. The fact that our lives are finite means that we do not have endless time to forgive, to seek forgiveness, to love and to be loved. Uh, carpe diem, seize the day, um, tends to generate a kind of haste. 
There's something ludicrous about seizing the day. There, there, is, there you are and there is the day and you're trying to seize it. Okay. When you are intimate with the day, uh, there is no need to seize. When you are completely intimate like that, you just settle in where you are. You know, we talk about meaning in life and having a meaningful life. I think for my mum and dad, that would have been a luxury position, especially around work. I think that the notion that work has to be meaningful has made things very difficult in many ways. I don't think my dad would have understood working at Meta Stove Factory in terms of, you know, like, <laughs> is it meaningful? Well, I don't know, son. It's hot in summer and cold in winter. There's not much light in there. Stoves keep blowing up. <laughs> meaningful? <laughs> so, yeah, meaningful is a little bit like a, a kind of a, a aura over things. <laughs> or a halo over the hard realities of life. Uh, a glimmer of trapped moonlight there. You know, we talk about, obsessively, people talk about meaning. What does my life mean? And do I have a meaningful life? And the question is intensely personal, but there is a dimension to this which is not personal uh, at all. Others confer meaning or not. It, it's like the thing that when you... In music, I remember the old bass player on the Hilton gig that I played when I was in my 20s, he said, <coughs> you don't decide if you're talented, we decide if you're talented. OK? Not personal. That's all right. You got it or you haven't. So... You know, it's a little bit like that with meaning. meaning I think meaning is also conferred from outside. Um, this is very delicate and hard to get at, but I think it goes beyond the personal. If it's important at all, it's not just personal. So what does your death mean to bring it full circle? Well, when dying, just die. It's the great wisdom of the Zen way. Not much. <laughs> yeah. Everything gathers as the last breath you breathe out. So you, and that's each of, and all of us who seek the mystery and darkness or in shadows of the night, don't throw away your time. Don't throw away your time. <laughs>